Amazing, amazing, right? Can we put our hands together? That's our, uh, that's our kids camp. And so, um, you know, isn't it awesome just to see like one community come together and do something great for kids? I mean, it, it's like if you have anybody who's served at one of our kids camps or camps, it's the best, right? If you haven't, I'm telling you, this summer, like you take, uh, take off work, do whatever it takes because like the kids have fun, but I'm telling you, as a grown-up, you have the most fun. It's amazing. And so um, if we haven't met, my name is Brian, uh, speaking this morning, and it is just a joy. I mean, take a look around. Jesus said, he said he'd launch his church, and it would be all ages, diversity, and just like look at this room. Massively diverse, all ages, and that's the way Jesus' church should be, Right? Right? I was like, I think so. And by, isn't it cool to know these are happening all over the world? Like, Jesus' church is pretty big. And I think he thinks it's going to get bigger. I just, I'm telling you, it's easy. I mean, after the pandemic, how easy was it to kind of get in a world where, like, well, no one really wants to go to church. No one wants to. I'm telling you, people do. We're going to look at a text today that's going to prove us that Jesus says his mission's big. So um, before that, uh, I said my name is Brian, and here's a picture of my family, because that's what you do when you come, you speak, you're like, we haven't met, here's my family. The, uh, my wife, Kayla, right there, and then that's Kennedy up at the top, um, and then Rocky right there, he's one, and allergic to peanuts, we just learned, so, yeah, you learned that one the hard way. Golly, I, didn't, I, I never had a peanut allergy, but he's got it, so put his tag on at the YMCA, it says something, I don't know. Like, I never gave the diaper back, but now I'm like, I don't know. You have to have this. You do, it's important. Um, two years ago, right at the start of the pandemic, uh, my wife and I, we actually were serving here at this campus. And uh, I see a lot of familiar faces. Isn't it so good to see some familiar? And then great to see a lot I don't. I can't wait to get to meet you after. And uh, I grew up at this church. I mean, I was, so my parents were looking for a church when this church started. I was 12. By the way, worship was unbelievable, right? I, mean, I just I haven't been here in a while. I'm like, that was amazing. Um, part of the worship experience was back here on slides was a kid named Micah. I think he just ran out to maybe serve in kids. But Micah was back here. I mean, it takes a guitar person, but it also takes a slide person. As a slide person in my life, I know I'm part of the experience. So just you forget about me, but I'm back. Micah's 12 years old. I was talking to him. I was 12 years old when this church started, and I was on slides. I mean, I just... Do you think we're going to launch more leaders? <laughs> do you think there's 12-year-olds in this room who are going to do something great? And uh, I just, I can't tell you. I mean, something hit my heart. I, I'm telling you, if you're new to Jesus or faith, it's going to hit your head first. Maybe even like your hand. You're like, I like getting involved in the community. I don't know about the Jesus thing. At some point, Jesus gets to heartstrings. We want to get kids at an early age. We want to get heartstrings. And I just said, like, this is probably worth giving my life to. People becoming the church, that psychology, that initiative, it just, it just sat inside of me. And so um, my wife and I had worked at this church for a long time. And during the pandemic, remember like, remember early in the pandemic when we just started doing stuff like baking? Remember we had nothing to do and we were like, I don't know, what should we do, bake? Uh, we bought a historic loft in Tacoma, as some of us did. You know, you're just like, why not? And uh, we just, we were looking for something to invest our life in. By the way, some of the best moments where God gives you an opportunity, it's like there's multiple opportunities, and I think that's okay, isn't it? We're always like, which one does God want? I actually think we believe in a God that's like, you get a pick. <laughs> and so we just were like, let's invest. And uh, it actually came out of, 
Uh, the Point Defiant Zoo opened during the pandemic really early, and you could reserve a spot. Did anyone remember this? You could reserve a spot, and you it was just you at the zoo. It was like we bought a zoo. Like, you were just like, oh, I guess it's my zoo now. <laughs> and we took, uh, Kennedy was one. We took her around the zoo. It was just like we started driving around and just were like, we're going to invest. And uh, invested, bought a historic loft. Some of you know we spent a season of just like, YouTubing how to do it, and then the stuff that you could hurt yourself or hurt others, we were like, well, we'll pay somebody because that electrical, you know, like things that have, you're like, how should it sit? And I was like, I don't know. But the other stuff, I was like, I got it, I got it. And we had these historic beams in there, big old growth beams. And uh, we had a friend in there, and she goes like, I think there's probably cool wood under those beams. And because they're painted, and it's a 110-year-old building. 110 years of paint. That's like a lot of paint. Um, I, it's like so, so good. I actually snapshot naive, Brian. I brought a sander out. I was like, I'll just sand it. He's like, you're like, that's not going to do it. And, uh, you know, a couple months later, like after like grinding, sandblasting the whole thing, um, felt like there was these like exposed wood and did the whole thing. And I'm just telling you, there's a moment we st- stood in there and it felt like maybe God had sandblasted our hearts. Anybody else feel, feel like that? It's just like during the pandemic, it was like we were humbled and we're like, okay, God, what's next? And we thought we were going to rent this thing, and God was just like moving. I'm telling you, if you're new to faith, or maybe you're like, I'm not new, but I need to get new again. There's this spirit that you get into where you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm recommitting. And there's something that happens when we get back to the mission of Jesus, which is in John 1, it says that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. That's, that's the whole thing. I'm telling you, the whole thing, the whole gospel is God just keeps moving into the neighborhood. He moves into the neighborhood of our hearts, into the community, and we follow and move in. And so we moved into the neighborhood. We just wanted to live in a world where our kids knew uh, the neighbors and just like had this place that they could call home. And we got to know our neighbors and our neighbor's neighbors. And people asked, like, are you going to launch a church there? And we were like, we just don't want to have an attitude where it's like the new church planners and we come in and we're good for the city and like you should get to know us because we're going to launch a church. We were like, can Tacoma just be good for us? Can we just live here? Can our neighbors know us first? And so we got to know all of the neighbors in our buildings and the people across the street. And um, then we felt the spirit of God. And this is all going to tie, we're going to look at Matthew today. This is all tying in, but I just have to show you these photos because we just said on Easter, we're going to launch something. We're going to tell people something new's coming. And on Easter, we rented the building across the street from our building and invited all of our neighbors or anybody who didn't have a church in Tacoma. And 115 of our neighbors showed up. It looked something like this. Our neighbor, my neighbor Kelty came in, and she goes, she's like, I've never been to church. I didn't know they got this big. There's 150, right? And you're like, 150. All of our neighbors came, and there was this sense um, Olivia's here. Olivia's right here. Olivia, right here. Olivia's a college student in Tacoma. She led the music. There was violin. I mean, there was all these college kids on doing music. It was unbelievable, all ages. And there was a sense God's going to do something. I mean, my neighbors are in this room. We are on the fourth floor, and you just can see all of Tacoma. And there is all ages, and three of my neighbors said yes to Jesus for the first time in their life. I'm telling you, it was like only God. We're up there, and the director of the building 
I mean, she, so right now, she's director of downtown. She runs an organization called the Downtown Partnership. They do the equity for all of the downtown businesses. They run the street cleaners. They put on, like, events for the community. She's interning, or she's apprenticing right now with the mayor of Tacoma. She came, and I interviewed her on just, like, how can we be good for the city? How can we love Tacoma? At the end, she came up to me, handed her connect card, and said, I said yes to Jesus at this church. I've been looking for a church like this. I didn't know a church like this could exist. She said, I'm meeting with the owners of this building next week, and we want to give it to you for free weekly. I mean, isn't that only God? Like, only God. Like, how? How? I don't know. I'm telling you, that's the kind of stuff God does. And we're going to look at a text. If you're like, maybe I've been stuck, or maybe I just feel like, we're going to look at a text today that I just hope gets deep into your spirit. Deep into your spirit. This is the gospels, guys. This is the good news. And it's available to all of us. And so if you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, I titled today's message, I just wrote wrote this down, No One Does the Mission Alone. And we're in a series, um, just called it Made for More. And we're looking at this. There's kind of these three stages we're in, we, we all are in in life. The first is our identity. Who am I? The next is our calling. Why was I made? And the last is our assignment. What do I do? So you see, there's the three. Um, if you get those out of order, your life can get stuck. I mean, I'm telling you, this ident- everything flows out of this identity. Who am I? Now, the other two are important. It's like, why was I made and what do I do? That's massively important for how you're made for more. But have you noticed as a culture, it feels like, like I grew up surfing. And anybody else, you like surf or you've been surfing? Yeah, awesome, great. Cut like two of us. So it's like, let's, <laughs> we'll do a good job with this part. You and I, we got it. So, um, grew, <laughs> grew up surfing. What are you guys doing? I don't know, like, what, what are they, were you playing pickleball? I, like, that's the island, right? Um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, we'll all surf in heaven, so it's like we're going to get there. That's God's sport. And so I grew up, it was like, I don't know, eight. My cousin and I went out. My, my grandma lives in Huntington Beach, so it's like surf USA, right? Where did you surf? I, oh, oh, you're hardcore. Oh, those are the real, that's the real. So he's like, oh, Huntington Beach. Do you grow up at Westport surfing? Okay, a little bit. He's like, I, yeah. Well, it gets pretty big out there. And you, like, hood on, bo- booties. Okay, so that's not me. So picture, <laughs> like, that, you're like, that sounds cool. I'm not that cool. So I'm, like, uh, basically like a foam board. I'm eight, right? My dad took us. My dad's like, I want to get a run in. I was like, take us out early. That's where the, that's the best waves. And then my dad's like, all right. So we get out in the ocean. We're paddling out. And we got caught. I got caught in a rip current. And pulled me out. My board leash came off. And um, really, like, as an eight-year-old was like, I'm going to drown. And now in retro, I don't know. But, like, I felt the waves were coming. I wasn't able to get up fast enough to be able to catch my breath. And I just remember you're fighting and you're swimming in and you're not going to make any traction. You're actually going the opposite way. And if you get current, caught in a rip current, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? Swim, side, swim sideways. And so something in my brain either reminded me or instinct came in or I just got flat out lucky. And I went the right, I swam, swam sideways, got it out. Got it. And I remember getting on the beach and this air in my lungs, like feeling this like for the first time just, it was like a sense of joy. <laughs> you think about your lung capacity. It can get small. It can also get bigger, right? Deep sea divers, 
They train their lung capacity, right? It's like you can get more oxygen. You can hold it in longer. I mean, I can hold my breath for 25 seconds. I remember as a kid, you get in the pool, you try and be like, you know, like cheat and come up. And like. uh, but people can hold their breath for five, ten minutes. Does our life have more lung capacity than we've tapped into? Were we made for more? I mean, our sense of identity, you just, like, just think about like who we are out of that flows everything. And we're going to look at a character today that Jesus calls up out of this sense of identity. So if you're looking in your um, Bibles in Matthew chapter 9, it says this. As Jesus went on from there, he was speaking to a large crowd. He went on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Pause here for a second. I mean, if you're like, this is a strategy for evangelism, like, oh, that's great. You just walk up to people. You're like, hey, you should follow. And it's like, but here's what theologians look at when they look at this text is one, uh, Matthew's a tax collector. So uh, first, just like, let's do a little work there. Tax collectors despised, despised. Unless you're a tax collector and then you're just raking it in. So you're like, who cares? Like, haters are going to hate. I'm making so much money. Because you are collecting the taxes and then taking off a little bit more and a little bit more. I mean, Matthew's probably got a TikTok channel where he sells you a course to how to take more money from the people around you, and everybody hates him. That's the tax collector. The literal translation, the image that they would have had is a tax farmer. Like, that sounds nice. Here's the tools he used for farming. Anybody else feel like those were used on you at tax day? You're like, I don't know. The government just came in with a side and that, like, hey, war hammer? I mean, honestly, think about tax. It's like TurboTax, but instead you go to a person who you know, whose, like, son is on your Little League team. It's just like Jerry's like, all right, man, cough it up. Like, <laughs> no, there's, like, there, he's despised. They hate him. And, because think about it. He's Jewish. He works for the, emperor, the empire. It's like the corruption is already, and like, now he's like, this is great. Like, I just am raking in money. And all my friends were just raking in money. And he's a tax collector. Jesus walks up, so you're like, great. Jesus walks up, says, follow me. He's like, all right. And he goes, so here's what theologians would say. Jesus had been walking around a lot, and it wasn't the first time Matthew noticed Jesus. Now, we don't have that in the story. This story is accounted for in three of the Gospels out of four, which it's a pretty big deal then. We don't know, but most likely, Jesus was present in the city. He'd been walking around. You know, they maybe had had a conversation, or he just knew people who knew Jesus. There's something that happens when we move. We can move into our city and get a house. There's something that happens when our heart and our feet move into a city, into our place, into where we live. And Jesus just says, follow me. Is Jesus saying to you today, follow him? Maybe some of you, it's the first time you've been in a room like this, and Jesus is saying Follow me. Or maybe you've been in a room like this for a long time, and it's just a re-up moment. Follow me. That word literally means just, like, come to start, start walking with me. Matthew gets up, follows him. Is, that, is it that easy? <laughs> Have we made it way more complicated than we need to? Keeps going. He says this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. I mean, also notice this. Jesus goes two by two. Jesus isn't alone. I mean, it's like Jesus has people with him. It's important, right? It's like there's a community forming. I met my friend Reese here. Reese, just wave your hand. 
I met Reese. He was the first, I'll call it, person of peace I met in Tacoma. I mean, it was just like only God could put us at a table across from each other. Reese, um, he's an entrepreneur, has a couple businesses. He bought houses next to one of the universities in Tacoma, bought a couple of them, and started renting them out to Christian college kids. I call it Christian Greek Row because he creates ministry there at the college, which at a secular school, don't we need more missionaries? We're just like, let's create cool environments for kids. I mean, absolutely. And one of the things he does is just two by two. He's just got like the team that emerges. You start doing stuff together. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Okay, so Matthew, he gets called Matthew Levi. He's kind of got two names. You're like, that's cool. Like two. Well, his name was Levi. That would have been his Jewish name. The name Levi literally means like joined to or stuck. I think it's important that it's noted here that probably Jesus gave him a new name. Jesus loves giving people nicknames. This is like, that's a cool name. Here's a better one. It's what God does, by the way. God names things, gives them a new identity. I mean, it's like, you think about your identity. It's like, we don't even realize sometimes what we put our identity in. We get our identity and our calling mixed up all the time. But then when you do that, you lose your job, you lose your identity. Does that make sense? It's like, uh, anybody else in this room or you're married to this person, before you make a big purchase, you just like to research it for way too long. It's like, man, if I'm going to, I just, I'll do it with running shoes. It's like, I, and then they've got new ones by the time. I wanted to get a new pair of headphones. I mean, we got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. You're like, I'm going to invest in sound canceling because that's probably good. <laughs> Parenting, I don't know. You guys can talk to me afterwards. I was like, that's probably good. Sound, sound canceling headphones are probably good. Reese's uh, uh, family owns this, like, they, a couple businesses. One of them brings in he- the headphones. They sell Sony headphones. And I was researching uh, the sound canceling ones. Y'all know how those work? Does anybody here, you know, you can explain how noise-canceling headphones work? Uh, Can you do it? Uh, You go ahead. Did you all know that? I did not know that. The headphones listen to the room around you and then play the opposite so that you don't hear it. Okay, you guys are smart. You guys are like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, I'm from Tacoma. I was like, that's nuts. You're all like, we didn't made those headphones, okay? I'm telling you, the culture and the world wants to play the opposite sound of the Holy Spirit so your heart doesn't hear it. Your identity will actually, you can keep walking, walking your life, and you won't atrophy into a relationship with Jesus. You won't just, like, happen into it. The culture's going to play the opposite. Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors? So um, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, this is Matthew, but Gospel of Luke, Jesus is either going to a meal, coming from a meal, or at a meal. Can I tell you the symbolic importance of eating in the Gospels? It's literally just eating. It's like, there's like, it's like, that's the, you're like, oh man, I love it. There's probably like, I mean, you could probably make symbolism, but I'm telling you, the mission of Jesus is eating with people. That's it. Everything changes. There's a couple that came on Easter. Actually, let's back up a little bit. There's a couple, and uh, their name's Ethan and Kyla. And Reese went to school with Ethan um, 10 years ago. Sorry, Reese, I aged you. And uh, started praying for Ethan to know Jesus 10 years ago. Reese has journals of just praying that Ethan would know Jesus. And Ethan's got a, a, a partner, now fiance, named Kyla. They got engaged yesterday, and so fun to celebrate them. Don't believe in Jesus yet. 
got invited in to be a part of launching this community, this church. We said, we just said, come to the table. We had a team night. We literally said to them, just come sit at the table. And they came and felt a sense of community that was lacking. They're both in the tech industry. Both have done well on paper. And if you walked in their home, you'd be like, you've done great. But you know those aren't indicators of success. <laughs> their life felt hollow. And on Easter, um, they just said, we want to give to this because we know that this matters, but we don't understand yet how. They said, we have a ton of doubts, but we know there's something special here. And we sat in their living room this week, and they made dinner. We ate a meal. And they said, we want to use our executive skill set from our jobs to help launch this church. And we just said, would you read a biography of Jesus and walk alongside us? Can I tell you this? Inviting somebody who yet doesn't believe and help inform you when you launch your church is so good. All the language you would use, they're like, we don't have any idea what you're talking about. Like, we have, like, like you'll be like, but the, the, and they'll be like, we still don't know. Like, that is so confusing. And you're like, we're just going to put it out there. And they're like, nobody knows what you're saying. Isn't that what Jesus would do? Dinners are important. Where on your calendar can you start to plan? I'm telling you, it's this simple. Where can you plan some dinners with some other people who aren't like you, don't think like you, are different than you, and invite them in? Jesus seemed to think that it would happen. It would orient around our workplace. Matthew's not at church. <laughs> He's at his tax booth. And I'm telling you, was it awkward with the disciples? Peter is a fisherman. Okay, so I don't know red state, blue state, but I'm guessing there was some conflict between fishermen and tax collectors. I'm just guessing. I'm guessing that Peter, looking at his character in scripture, may have smudged a couple things on his taxes a few times. Matthew probably caught on to that. There would have been some tension. Jesus is like, you guys know each other? They're like, we know each other. We know of each other. Where can you find some diversity of different opinions and get around a table? Last paragraph says this. On, he, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn this, what this means. I deserve, desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. This week, I, was just, I, got, I got focused in on that word call. Two, it's got two meanings in the Greek. It's kaleo, and it means to invite and to give a name to, to give an identity. From the very beginning, the God of the universe has invited you in and given you a name. And he says, go and do the same. That is our calling. We are inviting and giving a name. And so I wrote down three things uh, here. You can write down some of you are note takers. You're like, man, when is this guy gonna put something that I can write down? <laughs> I wrote down three things. How do we make room at the table? We show up. You have to. <laughs> Everything changed when I just started taking daily time to walk our streets of our neighborhoods and walk slow enough to meet, some, meet people. And I'm telling you, I moved to Tacoma and knew no one. Like, how do you meet people? I literally asked my wife that. I was like, how do, you meet, how do people meet people? <laughs> and I just said, okay, I'm going to make a list of people's names I remember. Jessica, the director of the per that, that building, was the first name I wrote down. There's something that happens when you walk slow. 
I'm a part of a business. Um, you know, a lot of times I just like I'm downtown. I rent an office. I do uh, on the side. You know, every pastor needs a side thing. Um, yeah, well, it, it just helps you. One, it keeps you missional. The other, like, you, it's like you don't make a lot of money as a pastor. You're like, okay, this is going to help. So I just do marketing and, and, and creative on the side, and I rented an office in that building. And uh, I got invited, and I'm a part of this downtown coalition of, um, it's downtown business um, partnership, like, coalition, and it's probably 100 people a part of it, all the business owners downtown, and Jessica helps run it, and I was at it the week before Easter, and I'm standing there, and I, I, I never, you know, you go around, it goes around, everyone introduces themselves and what they do, I've never introduced myself as a pastor, and you guys, some people are like, I don't, but I just, I didn't want to start with pastor, because it felt like in that room, I wanted you to know I cared about you in the city before I tried to get you to come to my thing. Does that make sense? Like, I was just trying to think as a missionary, and I'm like, I just feel like, especially in Tacoma, it's like, if I start and be like, I'm here as your pastor, it just, you know, so I always start, I'm like, I rent an office, I raise my kids on the, like, in these neighborhoods, like, I just love this, I love this place. And then I just try and champion it. I invite as many people into that as I can, just be like, this is our community, we care a ton. Every new business that starts, I just want to champion it. I'm like, all boats should rise. And I'm standing there on Easter, and part of you is like, is that going to pay off? Like, I mean, it's Easter. Should I be like, hey, although I'm a pastor, just by the way, I didn't say anything. At the end of the meeting, 100 people standing around the room, Jessica goes, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys, downtown's having an Easter gathering. And uh, Brian, you want to talk a little bit about it? And I got to share about the vision of Easter. God will give you open doors. You just got to show up. The second is you share your life. Matthew just invited Jesus into a meal. Jesus was the type of person that a sinner like Matthew, who was doing pretty well off, was just like, hey, you want to come for dinner? <laughs> Jesus is that type of person. The last I wrote is, is it helps you stay on mission. I was driving here this morning, and uh, you'd be proud of me. I took the ferry. I don't know. It's, it's kind of the same, right? Like time-wise, I, I don't know. I have two little kids, so I just felt like they could run around, and I wasn't driving. So I was like, let's take the ferry. And I was sitting there on the ferry. I was just looking at my notes and praying and thinking about so many faces in this room. I just thought, what if we, what happens if we don't? What happens if we don't invite into the table? Because we have reasons. We have reasons that we wouldn't. Think about people that think different than us. I mean, one is just like taken advantage of. I feel like people could take advantage of me. Maybe one's fear. We fear for our kids. Maybe it's like if we keep the table closer, the trust is higher. It also feels like maybe it's just comfort. Sometimes it's more comfortable with the people I know. Man, the discomfort for God to put on human flesh and bones. Walk where we walk, to move into the neighborhood. Golly, the trust it would take for God to put on flesh and blood and just walk and say, all right, I'm here. It's the good news of the gospel that despite all of that, we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And the best is on the other side. The best is on the other side. We can't see it sometimes in the moment, but the best, the future of the church is unbelievably bright. Sometimes we just have to get our heads out to say, wait a second, no. Every cycle in history has a cycle where it feels like 
the church, it might not. And Jesus says, no, my church that I'm building, a massively diverse church with all ages, backgrounds, ethnicity, that church is flourishing. You take the headphones off and you look around, you say, Jesus, I wanna be a part of this mission. And I wanna end with two things. And the first is I wanna give you an opportunity if you've never had a chance to say yes to a Jesus that's saying, come follow me, this is your moment. I wanna believe that at every gathering, at every New Life location, there's people walking in that have never said yes to Jesus and we're gonna give a clear opportunity to say, this is your day. Like my neighbor, Kelton, who set up and said, this is it. The second is I'm, I'm asking for partners and investors in Tacoma. You heard the mission Hear the stories. If you want to prospect, it's an investment document of all the stats. I've got all of it. But I'm asking for people who have been sitting on the sidelines who are maybe saying, you know what? We see the city and we want to launch something. I believe that Tacoma will be the first domino in a movement that we've taken on this Kitsap Peninsula that will span the other side to Seattle and Bellevue and beyond. Do you believe it? Do you believe that the church will have to look different in the city? Do you believe that it will have to be the incarnational model, indigenous to the people, that it'll take all sectors of society, but we will see so much favor? Do you believe that Seattle needs a great church? Do you believe something like this for your friends and family members matters? Kayla and I believe we are starting that wave in Tacoma. When we did this, I was like, you know the whole ethos, this is, it's people becoming church. But I'm telling you, there's nine new lives like right around where we are. We invited some friends to come check out the church we're part of and they drove to a different church. We were like, oh my. So, so we just said this, like, can, can we be this church? Everything's this church, all of it. But can we have a different name? And everyone said, no, no. They're like, yeah, it's not about the name. It's people becoming the church. And so we did this. My, my mentor, Wes, lead of this church said, when I named this church, I wish I would have gone to more people and just let them speak into the name. Like, I just kind of had a name. I thought it was a cool name. And so I said, well, why don't we go to all the people? So we paid for an ad for the last two months in Tacoma that just says, help name this church. Here's all the beliefs of the church. We got our beliefs out to everybody. Guys, during the month of March, my neighbors made a bracket, March Madness style, with just names of churches. Listen, this is Jesus stuff. It's people becoming the church, people. And so I, re, I, I just have three ways that you can invest in Tacoma and beyond. The first is, would you pray? Would you commit to praying? I've set an alarm for my, on my phone every day at noon where I just pray over Tacoma, but I pray for more workers. Jesus said the harvest is big, but workers are few. Pray for more workers. Would you pray with me every day at noon? The second is, would you invite? This whole summer, we're just building community. If you know someone in Tacoma, you know someone from Seattle who would drive to Tacoma, would you invite? In the fall, we're gonna launch weekly. And the third is, would you give? Would you invest? Would you be a part of this story? Not for everybody. Some of you are like, I just wanna invest in Bainbridge and I wanna say, please invest in Bainbridge. But a few of you, 
are saying, I, have, I, ha- I wanna give monthly to missionaries in a secular city. A few of you are saying, I wanna give monthly to build something new. A few of you have set aside money that you said, when there comes a moment and a direct ask from the Holy Spirit, it's not Brian. Like, honestly, I feel no pressure to beg for money. <laughs> Guess who does it? It's Jesus. You're sitting here like, oh, God told me I'm gonna do that. Somebody was sitting in a gathering I was speaking at in Paulsbo or in, in Silverdale and just said, God told me to sell my house when I was sitting there and I'm selling my house. They just closed on a house in Tacoma. Jesus built his church. Would you give? I have a QR code up here. You can go to newlife.tv slash give. There's a Tacoma link there. We're believing the best days are ahead of us. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your mission. May we never get removed from the fact that our story is so aligned with the story of Matthew Levi. That in our own hubris, in our own ego, in our own paths, we try and build our own life. And there's success, but it can feel hollow. And the emptiness is the void inside of us, an eternal void that yearns for a relationship with you. You are the alpha and the omega, the perfecter of our faith. So today, for anybody here, you've never said yes to Jesus, to following him, would you just take a moment in your own heart just to say yes. I repent of my sins. I give my brokenness to you, God. It's, all, it, it's entirely yours what the work you did on the cross and the power of the resurrection, that power lives inside of us. For those of us, Jesus, you're sparking a mission and a movement inside of us to keep going, to see new things emerge, to be a hub in Bainbridge as it is in heaven. We thank you, Jesus, for your great work. We ask for more. We ask for an overflow of your spirit that only you can do. Relations may there be so much. As we see families united, as we see kids' eyes wide with wonder of how good you are.